Welcome, apprentices and acolytes, to Unlock the Knowledge Lord Dagavir's Star Wars podcast. Thank you for coming in today. Today we're going to be talking about the KOTOR remake. And, of course, this rumor about the sequel trilogy, or the sequel sequel trilogy, about episode 10, 11, and 12. And some questions from you all. Let's get started. Ready up. Ready up. My destiny. Thank you for coming into the Dark Temple from Unlock the Knowledge, visited by Mera Jade, Luke Skywalker, and Kyle Katarn, and so many other Force sensitives like yourself. Are you ready for the knowledge? So let's get right into the questions off of YouTube today from SodaFam and Ender Bo. Thank you for participating. I appreciate you all. And says, SodaFams, do you want... Actually, I'll answer this one actually last because it goes into what we're going to be talking about today on the podcast um but enterbo says first is hey i was wondering how you would feel about recasting different actors for different roles in the movies for me it would be hard to see anyone be luke other than mark but luke has a lot of story to tell and it would be interesting to see them make movies about what he did after jedi and you know i've always thought about this as well um and i really wouldn't mind like them deep, uh, deep facing, deep faking, uh, what they've done before with Hans, oh, excuse me, with, uh, with Leia and Luke and Rise of Skywalker and, and Leia in Rogue One, and then of course, uh, Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian. Uh, I really don't mind any of that, to be honest. I, I don't have a problem with them doing that, and I don't have a problem with them recasting somebody as long as it makes sense as long as it looks right i know a lot of people were like really bummed about uh harrison ford being recasted in solo uh but i felt like the actor had done a fantastic job um but that's the thing too is like it's it's a difference between han solo than it is to luke skywalker luke skywalker does have so much story to talk about We've really only just begun to begin his character. It's the same thing with Rey. Rey has really, her journey has really just began. It has just started. Luke Skywalker barely embarked on the journey of the Force and becoming a Jedi right after Return of the Jedi. As soon as he looks off on the Force move of Endor and he sees Anakin Skywalker, he sees Yoda, he sees Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he sees all the Jedi sitting there and, you know, practically cheering him on to. I'm thanking him to uh, because he just brought back balance to the force uh, and the prophecy was fulfilled man skywalker you know uh that really just started his journey uh, and we get to see a little bit of the mandalorian too and he's not even really at his pinnacle yet uh, even dave filoni says you know he's still trying to refine his lightsaber skills um, he's still trying to understand more of what he can actually do. We don't even really know who's training him. Uh, there's so many questions that need to be answered. And up until you get into the sequel trilogy, when you see The Force Awakens, you know, you have him on um, Octo. And Octo there, he's, you know, he's there waiting for Rey, or excuse me, Rey um, goes and meets him, takes him away, snaps him out of his little um, issue that he's having. And then you are introduced to the sacred texts. Um, which is a whole other thing too, is like, so he has an entire journey of going out and finding these, and these artifacts of the Force. You see him on his hut, uh, that he has on Octu as well. Uh, there's so many things about him that are just a mystery and enigma, and I don't know if we'll ever really understand all of those things, and we'll get question answers to all of those questions. So yes, absolutely, I would be totally okay with something uh, exploring Luke Skywalker, even if it is a recasting. I, I really do not mind, because at the end of the day, 
I love Star Wars, you know, and I want to see Star Wars continue. And the beautiful thing about Star Wars is what I always harp about on an echo on to every single podcast is that Star Wars is like no other franchise in movie history. It cannot be rebooted. It cannot be restarted. It, like it, it's that's just not the way Star Wars is done. There is one timeline, and there will only ever be one timeline. Yes, there is Legends, but when we're talking about movies, there is only one. There will never be a restart. There will never be a reboot. It is one timeline that can only go two ways, and that is backwards and forwards. Sotofam says, if you could pilot any ship in the Star Wars universe, what type would it be, and what would you name it? Oh, you know, that's actually such a great question, because I've always th uh, theorized... Uh, one, what exactly I would fly, and two, what the heck the name would be. Uh, there's so many fantastic names. I mean, just look at the Razor Crest. You know, the Razor Crest is fantastic. The Millennium Falcon. Uh, you know, you have the the Tie Echelon. You have uh, the Marauder for uh, the Bad Batch. You know, there's so many incredible ships in Star Wars. You know, the Fat Man. I remember from um, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Uh, <laughs> there's just so many. Uh, the Even Hawk. You know, there's, there's so many fantastic names for ships. I don't think I have one right now. You're going to have to give me time to think about something. Uh, I've always thought about Saber. Uh, I think Saber is cool. Uh, uh, like, just, I've always, uh, Saber Inspector, I've always appreciated um, Saber because, you know, lightsabers and Star Wars, that's always been uh, so freaking cool. Um, and there's other stuff that I probably would get into, but... Who knows, you know, maybe like the, the Saber Zealot or something. I don't know, just silly. Uh, Razorcrest, I feel like, is probably one of the greatest names for a Star Wars ship of all time. Um, but let's get into, like, what the ship could be. Um, I love Star Wars The Old Republic. I love the, I think it's the Sith, um, oh man, I can't remember what it's called. It's But it's the Sith ship that you have. I, it's not, I don't think it's the Interceptor. Um, and I just remember looking at that ship in Star Wars The Old Republic, and it was perfect because it had the nice, sleek look that I appreciate, the aggressive fighter look in any type of Star Wars ship, because it was Sith-like, but it was also a home. It was also like a Millennium Falcon, where you can have housing and beds and companies and a crew, uh, because that's what I appreciate too. You know, I don't really like the onesie-esque or starship fighters, like, you know, the TIE fighters, or uh, Kylo Ren's um, Interceptor or, uh, or Silencer. Uh, it's it's something that I feel like is really cool for, like, short range, but it's not something that I feel like can survive in space. You can't live in space with it, and that's one thing I always try to find, is uh, multi-purpose utility <laughs> with these vehicles, because uh, I've always appreciated that. And yeah, you know, maybe you're gonna have to do a job with somebody, and uh, you're gonna have to be around them, you know, or maybe you're having a family, or maybe you're having a crew, whatever it is, and Star Wars is all about crews. Um, so I, I would like something like that, something around that that, that has that sleek look, obviously black i love black black is my favorite color <laughs> um and it definitely has to house people and be fast it has to be fast has to have power i'll be piloting it don't worry about it let's get it going now uh soto fam also has this last question here and then it says uh do you want the remake for kotor to be genuine the roots or change up like final fantasy remake was so um I'm going to start talking about that now, uh, and I think we're going to be talking about that uh, throughout the half of the podcast, and then the rest of them to talk about the sequel trilogy and these sequel rumors that are going on. 
um, that we heard on Star Wars Theory's channel. Nerd, I think it's Nerd Theory. Um, but from what I understand, we all saw the Knights of the Old Republic remake officially announced. It has been years, fam. It has been years after years after years. Oh my goodness gracious, we have all been waiting for this. We've been dreaming about it. Finally is here in the reality. It's us. We're getting Revan. We're getting Basila. And it looks like we're getting like a true remake. This isn't a remaster. You know, this is a true remake to the core, fundamentally um, to its core and basis of what Knights of the Old Republic was. For those of you that never played Knights of the Old Republic, this was a game that was unrivaled, um, like, of what it was. This was the first game that really defined what it meant to be a Force user. It really defined, like, colors and abilities, philosophy of the Force, uh, and, and really expanded the universe from Star Wars that we knew from movies and brought so much more. Like, it's, it's, it's such a great tale. And I'm not going to go into spoilers, uh, because I, I feel like at this time now, since there is a remake going on, it, it would be so unwise to bring in people to Star Wars and then tell them about the dynamic storytelling and spoil it for them. Because you all need to witness it for yourselves. Um, and, and, and the most amazing thing about this is we're getting a real, true, redefined version of this Knights of the Old Republic remake. Uh, if you want to go and check out, IGN actually posted a developer interview. Um, there's also a StarWars.com article as well that goes into it and talks about it. Um, and it's pretty, pretty in-depth and incredible. Um, but the biggest thing about this is who's going to be working on it, right? Is EA going to be touching about it uh, and, and messing around? You know, um, as although a lot of people have been hating on EA, uh, you know, I, I feel like they did pretty well with Squadrons and, uh, of course, you know, our favorite game so far, Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and I know they're producing it. They didn't really have a hands-on with that. Uh, but it's going to be made by Asper. And Asper is incredible because they have already been Knights of the Old Republic. They have been living in Knights of the Old Republic for so long. And they brought that game to mobile. And that game, that port for that mobile game for Knights of the Old Republic, this is the same game that they're making. This game, mobile game, was apparently just as, if not played better than the original Knights of the Old Republic. And I think that's saying something today. When you get a lot of remasters, it's just a port. It's just a port. They don't really fix a lot of things. Uh, like, for instance, uh, the one game that I was trying to play, I think it was Jedi Outcast or Jedi Academy for the Nintendo Switch. That game is clunky. Uh, there's a really big issue, too, with like cross-platform and hackers and things like that. Um, there's just a lot of weird things that, that go on with it, and oh, over time you play it, you start to see a lot of flaws. Um, uh, but the Knights of the Old Republic mobile game, I didn't sense any of that when I was playing it. And it looked good. Uh, the frames were incredible. Like, man, it, it's so crazy um, when you when you play on the original Xbox, because that, that's what I played on, the original Xbox for KOTOR. And you, you play your mo on your mobile, you know, your iPhone or your Droid, and it, it's just like crazy how easy it is, how intuitive it is. Uh, everything about it now, and that's just for mobile. What they're doing here now is, is completely different. They are taking this game, 
and you are going to get high res everything. Uh, there's going to be we don't like that's the thing too is like we only know what they've said, and what they said is like they're actually going to like remake this game. They're going to remake this game. They're going to keep and and hopefully uh, <laughs> instill and adopt and just bring back everything that made Knights of the Old Republic that greatest Star Wars experience. Because there is no other Star Wars game that lives up to the reputation of Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic has a set-in-stone legacy that transverses anything in video game Star Wars. Star Wars Galaxies is up there, but nothing is talked about as much as Knights of the Old Republic. Nothing has been wanted as much as a sequel or a remake, modern day remake of Knights of the Old Republic. It is that game. It is the game. And now that you're getting a modern day version of that, whew, sheesh, <laughs> I said it. <laughs> it's, it's that good. It is that good, fam. It's that good. So here's the thing. It seems like they're going to be giving it the Final Fantasy treatment. Now, is that going to mean that there is going to be a different mechanic system? Uh, I think so. Because, in all honesty, Knights of the Old Republic combat system did not age well. That There's a lot of elements to that game that did not age well to this day and age. Storytelling? Ooh, yeah, no, no, keep that, you know? Uh, points for reputation. And a dark side, a light side, customization, abilities, obviously, bring that. Maybe even do it even further, you know? Um, but, like, the combat system is slow. Not something I think that you can get into these days. I feel like the only true people that are going to enjoy that are going to be those that appreciate the nostalgia hook. The nostalgia fix, you know? I feel like we should get an extension or an evolution of that, uh, but I feel like it has to be faster. And I, and I feel like the gameplay is going to have to evolve with you because one thing about Nice the Old Republic is like you become very powerful in that game. And there's a lot of abilities and there's a lot of different battles and there's a lot of different ways to win and fight people. Um, and the other thing is too, is like if you did not create your class a certain way, you would lose, uh, and that is really going to be something uh, that I, I think is going to be fine-tuning. How are these game devs going to do this? I don't know anything. I can't pretend to know the smallest thing about game devs and developing, uh, but I feel like they absolutely have their work cut out for them, but if there's anybody that can do it, it's Asper. They have been working on Knights of the Old Republic and the port for so long, I, and, and who knows how long this remake has been being made under wraps, a complete secret, before we found that out a couple days ago. So, I tell you right now, this may be, this has the potential to be the greatest remake of all time. I remember when Halo had done it, and that was so beautiful, and Halo had did it with also Halo 2, and you know, they came out with the uh, blur, uh, cinematic trailers, and it was gorgeous. I don't think anything even looks as close to good as that. I, the game still feels and plays well. 
Um, I know it's not a complete replicate because I know uh, Marty O'Donnell and a lot of the other people that are involved in it would tell you that there's a certain way that you play it on a CRT. There's a certain way the as the aspect ratio and it's presented via that scale. It's it's all a certain way and, it, and it's presented uh, a certain way and there's a certain experience you get with that and you don't get that same experience when it's 1080p or 4K or enter resolution for modern day era. Um, which, uh, you know, I, I totally get, I totally understand. But this is something that's not like that. You know, this is, this, this really seems like that they're really going to try to make the best remake that they can while also tapping in and honing in to the uh, original attributes that made the game what it was. Um, I would love to see, I would love to see, uh, obviously, high resolution. Um, I would love to see more expansive, explored worlds. Uh, one thing that they really did, I just remember Terrace. You remember Terrace, the planet? Terrace has a huge history, um, and I don't want to go into it, but Terrace is one of the first planets that you're on in Knights of the Old Republic. And I remember seeing that world for the first time, and you're seeing the spaceships fly around you, and there's, uh, there's just something about Star Wars where you walk around and you see the different species of alien, and you see the Sith Empire soldiers, uh, and you see, you know, your companions that are walking around, your character. It's, uh, I, the sounds and the noise, it's like imagery, reading it off a script or a book, and it just comes to life, and you're walking around, and it's so good. It's life, and it's, it's just pure, Digital jazz, man. <laughs> that's a Tron Easter egg, but <laughs> that's how I literally feel uh, how it is. Because Star Wars, only Star Wars can do that. And it's going to be really incredible to see them do something along those lines. Because we're go how is it going to look? I mean, since day one, everybody's been high-resing these. Even Knights of the Old Republic 2. And, and that's another thing, too. It's like, we're just talking about Knights of the Old Republic. We're not talking about Knights of the Old Republic 2. That game wasn't even finished. And it was shipped. There is incredible rumors out there. And there's and there's so many expansive DLCs that, that modders have created to give you versions of the game that apparently shipped and that were on the disc and that weren't finished. And there's, like, hundreds of hours of content and stuff. I mean, like, what are they going to do for that? And all these voice actors and voice lines that are on there. There's mods for all these characters. I have one of them for one of my favorite characters, Treya. And I have so many pieces of her dialogue that weren't even used in the game. And it's incredible. So what else are they going to do? What other Easter eggs are they going to put in? Are we going to see new planets from the sequel trilogy as well? Because unlike other people, I would love to see that. That'd be incredible. Um, but I feel like you're going to get the main storyline. You're obviously going to get Revan. Yeah, you're going to get Bastila. You're going to get Malak. You know? And it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so good. I know a lot of people are upset about the whole... Uh, was it timed exclusive thing? But that does not mean you're not getting it. And there's a lot of people out there that are really upset about it. I've seen several people, including some of my friends that talked about that they're not going to participate, they're not going to get it, but like, I don't feel like that's the true way to combat that. You know, at the end of the day, we all have different platforms, and there's so many people out there that talk about PC. 
There's so many people out there that talk about PlayStation. There's so many people out there that talk about Nintendo. And then there's a few people that are Halo fans like me that talk about Xbox. But at the end of the day, we're all gamers. And this is a huge opportunity for video games because the fact that Disney has even acknowledged Legends, the fact that Disney has even allowed a remake to be created is such a blessing. You have to go in here and support this game. This is another step in the right direction to creating or to bringing back the stories that we've loved to be official, to be a part of that story. Rise of Skywalker did one of the most amazing things, and that is bring Revan, Darth Revan, the name of him, back into canon. And I know a lot of people talk about how the game is not canon and the game remake is also not canon, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be canon forever. Look at what they're doing with this remake. They are acknowledging it. This means so much more than just a remake. And that's what I truly want out of this, is I want this story in some way, in some fashion, doesn't matter if it's minute or grand, to be accepted, to be canon, to be official, a part of the Disney Star Wars timeline. That's what I'm talking about. Because Revan is here. And the beginning, middle, and end doesn't matter to me because he's already here. The character, it doesn't matter if it's guy, girl, blue, green, I don't care. Revan is here. The mask is here. The cloak, the lightsabers. That is all you need because when you start that game, it doesn't matter what the appearance is. It's Revan. You are Revan. We, the player, are Revan. The story is what you create because Bioware allowed us to have changes choices and that's what's beautiful too and i expect to see that in this game is choice experience mass effect did a very good job of giving you choice and that choice you you know you you get upset at this person this person come back and get you vengeance you you help this person maybe this person helps you later in the story you get dark side and light side points because of what you do just like star wars super public just like the original kotor just like mass effect there's so many things that you can do in this game i i just want i want to see more what are, like what are they going to do and and i i really if it's as original and true to the original game as possible, they can do all the new stuff they want. But there's some really great things happening right now, and that's one, it's a remake. You're getting it full, beautiful 4K into what we see today. You're getting Asper working on it, who has been working on this game for so long. They've, they understand Knights of the Old Republic. They are true fans of Star Wars. What more could you want? And I am so hyped. I really, I, I, what I would want, I always love multiplayer. I always, I always love ways to play with other people. I don't even think that's possible. There's probably no way at all. Um, but I would love to see some type of multiplayer aspect added in. You know, maybe you could play co-op and your friends could play the companions or something. Um, or maybe there's just some weird thing that allows you to, I don't know, like a social hub. I don't know. I just want something. But other than that, I am just so happy that we're getting this. And I'm so incredibly 
lucky to be alive at this time that we're getting Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake in this day and age. Officially, officially official. Beautiful. So, if you hadn't already heard, um, there's a bunch of rumors going around now that uh, Disney is already trying to make episode 10, 11, and 12. Um, and they're trying to get some type of overview for it, uh, some vision for it. And um, one, I feel like this is going to be inevitable. I know a lot of people feel like it's too soon. I expect this to happen in like two, two, uh, 2030, uh, where they start episode uh, 10 again. Um, maybe even like 2025, 2026. Uh, I, I feel like that's going to happen. You know, that's why they got the license. Uh, the one thing that I love about Disney is that they have opportunity to make more of what I love, and that is Star Wars, which is the whole reason why I wanted Disney to get this in the first place, so I didn't have to live in the past the entire time. That's one thing about these franchises, is that a lot of times, they stick there forever, they're dead. I'm still waiting for a new Tron movie, you know, I'm still waiting for, you know, Halo Infinite, you know, and, and I don't like it when pieces like that move so slowly. But at least with Star Wars, we get so many iterations. We have video games, we have comics, we have books, we have shows, we, we're going to have movies, you know, and it's going to keep going on. And then later in time, there's going to be another form of entertainment, and we're going to get that version as well. So, yeah, episode 10. What's it going to be about? I've heard uh, from what it was the a nerd theory that they were talking about some way, they were going to bring Ben Solo back. And I got to say, as much as I love Kylo Ren, and as much as I love Ben Solo, I don't. I'm not sure if I would. I, I don't. I'm not sure if I'm okay with that. Like, uh, uh I, I just like it when people stay dead. <laughs> uh, I like it when when people uh, are not con continuously recycled. Darth Maul made sense. You know, Darth Maul made a lot of sense, and he's one of the most fleshed out characters in all of Star Wars. You know, um, it's it's just it's just the right. It's correct version of writing, you know? Uh, Palpatine only made sense because he has always been the big bad. Now, um, for the sequel trilogy, you know, they brought him back. And even before that, it was the Dark, uh, it was the Dark Empire comics. You know, that was one of the first iterations of the Expanded Universe, uh, which had been approved by George. Uh, not overlooked or anything like it. It just, it was a license that Dark Horse made and they made that comic. Um, which I also liked. It was it was fun. A uh, little crazy stuff happening in there, uh, but you know what? It's all Star Wars at the end of the day, and I appreciate it all. Now, bringing Ben Solo back, uh, I feel like would be great for people that love the character, just like myself. But I just feel like it's a little cheap, um, and I'm not so sure how that would make sense. Now, what I would like to see is I would like to see Ben Solo kind of sewed in to raise Destiny because they are a dyad. And, you know, uh, one of the really great stories in the new canon is, uh, I think it's uh, Count Dooku Jedi Lost or Dooku Jedi Lost, uh, which is written by Kevin Scott. And Kevin's, everything Kevin Scott touches is complete fire, by the way. Uh, he did a Tempest Runner that came out last week, 
Uh, he did uh, Rising Storm, which is literally one of my favorite Star Wars novels of all time. He's doing the High Republic comics. Uh, he's just fantastic overall. Uh, completely gets Star Wars. A lot of these writers get him, and, and he's one of the best. Um, and he wrote in that book uh, a couple chapters uh, with Asajj Ventress. And Asajj Ventress was walking around, slowly turning to the dark side, but the reason why she was so hesitant to do so and struggling to completely commit to the dark side was because her old Jedi Master was living inside of her head. She was still connected to the light side. It was the last beacon of hope that would turn her uh, back to the light before she was, uh, you know, basically forgotten on this path, mistrained to the dark side. And eventually she turns to the dark side because she meets Count Dooku and Dooku forces her to kill his sister, and it's it's just really crazy. But and that enactment, uh, when she ultimately decides to to kill off the sister, uh, that voice is gone, the touch is gone, and uh, the master is completely gone because you know she goes over to the dark side, completely severing any type of bond or connection to the light side that she had. I would love to see something like that with Rey Skywalker and Ben Solo. You know. One of the biggest opportunities that I feel like was missed in the sequel trilogy was, of course, Rey's pull to the dark side. It was very natural, uh, and, she, and I felt like she should have succumbed to the dark side a little bit more often. And I felt like one of the best ways to do that in The Rise of Skywalker, of course, was to have Dark Rey harass her <laughs> the, entire, the entire movie. You know, when she gets to Exegol, when she's on the plane heading to Exegol, when she's on Atu, you know, there's. I felt like there were so many opportunities to really make the, the struggle, you know, even more intense for viewers and, and spectators, and also Ray herself. Um, but I feel like in this, you know, don't let the dyad die because Ben Solo is dead. Uh, Star Wars is so beautiful because you're going, it's something more than life. You know, the journey does not end there. And the Force itself is, is binding in everybody. It connects to us, you know, it, it penetrates us. You know, you know the whole spiel that Yoda says in Empire Strikes Back and Ahsoka says in The Mandalorian. And I feel like it should ring true to that as well with the Dyad and Ben Solo. Um, and I feel like that's the only way he really should be brought back into the story is some type of Force ghost aspect. Some, maybe even something new that we've never even seen before. Uh, some, you know, ethereal plane or something and, and reaching out to the Force uh, beyond. You know, maybe he's doing something else with, uh, uh, you know, the natural embodiment of the dark side, you know? Uh, and and helping Rey in that aspect and slowly giving her breadcrumbs to, to follow. Um, that would be really incredible. But I feel like if there was going to be a, uh, you know, an episode 10, Ray has to be involved heavily, and and Finn has to be involved heavily, and Poe has to be involved heavily, and their journey needs to take them on someplace new, uh, as well as introducing new characters. You know, because that's another key component of Star Wars is family and generations, and it's supposed to age with generations, uh, and it's everlasting story. You know, for every single age. Uh, and, and I feel like that's always been something that Star Wars has done really well. Even with the sequel trilogy, and I know that there's a great portion of people that don't like the sequels, but I really feel like there's a lot of kids that love, you know, Star Wars these days. You, you see them in the parks, uh, a lot of people in the toy section is always looking for stuff. 
and they all love these characters. And they're very young, but they love these characters so very much. Uh, so why not just continue that on with episode 10, 11, and 12? And I, it, it just has to, for me, it has to stick with Ray and Finn the most. It, like, it, it has to stick with Ray and Finn the most. I don't see it being a true natural extension um, unless it's Ray and Finn. And Ray and Finn need to have a conflict that is something new and original. Uh, one of the ideas that I had is actually adoptive from Darth Crate. For those of you who do not know, Darth Crate, dude, is such an intriguing character because he was a character that had lived throughout throughout uh, most the majority of the Clone Wars. Obi Wan Kenobi, when he was sanctioned on Tatooine, he actually fought this guy Darth Crate, but he wasn't called Darth Crate there yet. He was called um, Ashad. I think it's Ashad Het. Yes, I think that's his name. I can't remember his actual uh, name. Let me just like go over here. Uh, and actually, uh, 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 search it because I just want to make sure who, um, yes, it would, yeah, a shard head, yes, that was his name. Um, and he was a, uh, human male, uh, Tusken Raider, and he, uh, eventually turns into Darth Krayt. Uh, and what's beautiful about this is during the time of Return of the Jedi, during the time of, you know, Darth Vader and the Emperor, he's training with the Sith Lord. Uh, this, this, this Sith Lord, the, spe the spirit of the Sith Lord, who is training him to defeat Darth Vader and the Emperor. And he's doing this silently. Nobody knows he exists. And nobody knows he exists for years. He walks out of this temple, ready to take on the Emperor and Darth Vader, and he probably, he probably could have fought them very well. I don't know if he would have beat them both, because, let's be honest, Darth Vader and the Emperor at that time were incredibly strong, you know. I really feel like the only reason why Luke ended up winning was because Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader became Anakin Skywalker, and the only person to do that was Luke Skywalker. Uh, and that's ultimately why he did that, you know, because Luke did not defeat the Emperor. It was Darth Vader that did that. Uh, it was the Chosen One. So, back to the topic of Darth Krayt is, um, Darth Krayt was sitting there and waiting and training. And then he walks out. All right, I'm going to go feed the Emperor. Oh, what? And then he looks, he turns on the, the news. And this guy, Luke Skywalker and the Rebellion, Darth Vader and the Emperor are no more. Okay, well, that's it. Uh, I guess I'm the big Sith Lord now. Uh, I guess I'll just plan and stuff, you know? And that would be cool too. If, if someone like that had been waiting for so long. Um, for so long and so long and so long. And then finally, of course, you have the events of the sequel trilogy. Palpatine comes back. Uh, Snoke is there, right? And then... Ray Skywalker and Ben Solo. Ray, well, it's, it's more like Ray Skywalker defeats the Emperor, and the universe is saved again. And the Final Order is destroyed. Uh, the Sith acolytes, uh, Exegol, all gone, right? All but destroyed. Um, so who would be that character? And I feel like it would have to be someone like that. It would have to be someone sitting and waiting. 
because uh, what's so beautiful about the dark side is it's, it's kind of like a shadow. It's waiting. It's there everywhere. Even though you can't see it, it's still there. And that's what's so beautiful about Star Wars and its ideology of the Force is that there is balance. There is always a balance. There is always a, a tug of war between the universe and light and darkness. So, in the dark times when the Empire was around, there was a lot of dark side that was practically <laughs> choking. Choking anyone that had a connection to the light side so much because it was just that terrible for a force sensitive to be connected to the light side There's so many iterations of the stories of these Jedi trying to connect back to the light side and it's so hard for them It's so hard for them because it's a struggle because the dark side is so potent uh, They're practically you know dying uh, Because that connection is, is is severed by that dark side ocean that's surrounding them and that's what I feel like a character like that can be truly special um, because that's what I had hoped Snoke was. was Snoke was this character that had been around and he had seen everything he witnessed everything and since Palpatine had died this was his time to come out and take control and you can do that maybe it's a Darth Crate maybe it's not maybe it's a Plagueis right Plagueis, of course, was mentioned in, in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, he's probably one of the most important Sith Lords outside of the movies uh, because of his uh, affiliation as his as the master of Darth Sidious, Palpatine. Um, and he's got a very unique perspective of the dark side, of, well, although he's a Sith, um, and he's someone who could have tricked you know, Palpatine, because we always hear the story about Palpatine killing Plagueis, uh, which was, of course, the story that slowly lured Anakin Skywalker to the dark side and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, there's just so many key elements here that they could go in, or they can go with someone completely new, who just rised up, you know, awakened, per se. Um, because I think that going forward, all Star Wars should connect in some way, in some form. There should be some type of overlapping story being told throughout each movie, each trilogy. And that what is that's what is honestly so unique about Star Wars. Again, because everything is so close to each other, everything is always telling a similar story. It's, it's an obvious battle between light and dark. Um, and I feel like the movies, the episodic movies of Star Wars, this is this has nothing to do with like standalones or Disney series. The episodic movies of Star Wars should stay with that to some degree. It can always be different, it can always be original, but there needs to be some obvious light and obvious dark. As far as the main focal point of the storytelling. Um, and, and I feel like that would be such an incredible idea. Um, and I would love to see... I, I want episode 10 to happen, and I hope it's going to happen soon. Um, I just like official stuff happening, you know? Uh, we want to talk about Finn and the, and the Jedi Order? Yeah, let's do that in a Disney Plus series. Let's do it. And then, you know, come time for episode 10, let's get a real huge overlapping story for years to come going with Finn, Rey, you know, the Force Ghost, Ben Solo, you know, Poe, anybody and everybody, and... Enter New Jedi Academy, 
enter new dark side, dark side users, you know, or, or something completely new. Maybe it's something from a different galaxy, you know? Oh, but there's so much potential with Star Wars because Star Wars can be anything. Um, and I would love to see that go on. Episode 10, I'm ready for you. KOTOR remake, I'm ready for you. I hope you all enjoy this podcast. I'm sorry it's so short. It's actually 1 o'clock, 1.35 in the morning right now that I'm doing this podcast. I have a lot of stuff to do on Sunday, so I'm just getting all this stuff done. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much. I'll see you around. If you ever want to participate with the questions inside this podcast, please just hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on YouTube. Anywhere I got socials, go ahead and ask me there. I will literally read you the question and answer them on this podcast. Thank you so much for supporting me. I'll see you at the stream tomorrow. I appreciate you all. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And thank you for coming over to the Dark Temple. Visited by Mera Jade, Luke Skywalker, Kyle Katan, and so many other force sensitives like yourself. I appreciate you all. Get ready for the knowledge. Ready up. And deuces.